You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Aloha and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us for another Sunday here at Reality Honolulu for our Digital House Church. Um, if I don't know you or you don't know who I am, my name is Rez, the pastor here at Reality Honolulu, and I really do mean it. Wherever you're listening or watching this from, we're so grateful you're joining us and um, you're with us despite it being digital and all of that. Um, Hey, super grateful for our worship team right now and how they always, week in and week out, take us to the feet of Jesus, enter into his presence with thanksgiving. So grateful for them and that time of musical worship. Um, We're going to continue our time of worship now uh, as we give our our, our morning tithes and offerings. You know, if we were in person or when we were in person, we would do this all together and thank the Lord for it. But we're digital and we'll do it that way. But again, thank you so much for your continued generosity and supporting the work in and through Reality Honolulu. For more information, you can go to our Give page on the website uh, to find out more about that. But I just want to pause in our time as a continuation of worship and thank the Lord and ask him to use these funds for his glory and his namesake and the building of his church, as well as pray for our time in uh, his word and just what he's doing in our church right now. So why don't you join with me wherever you're at uh, to pray and thank the Lord for today. God, thank you so much for this time of worship and time in your word, and even to testify and share what you're doing in our midst. And um, God, as an act of worship, God, we ask that you would um, receive our our, our tithes, our donations, um, us giving our resources to you as an act of worship. God, we worship you with all that we are whether that be our voices or our finances or our time or whatever you've given us stewardship over. We want to use all those things that we have to worship you and thank you and to see your kingdom come um, and your kingdom furthered and many would come to know you. And we pray for that very thing, that you would use these funds for your glory, that, that, um, that people would see you and hear about you and come to know you through the work, in and through Reality Honolulu. We're so humbled, I'm so humbled, Lord, that you would use us, that you would allow us to co-labor with you in all that you're doing. Uh, We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, we get in, before we get into the book of Acts, like we always do, and dig in and, and allow the Lord to speak to us, I want to just say a few things in, in relation to announcements. And one is just to recognize and just a huge mahalo to everyone that came out yesterday for our Malama Workday at Central Middle School. You know, this new chapter that we're in, this new home that we have, we were able to go there and, and serve and love and bless and get dirty and cut things and paint things and, and beautify our new home and really just to show and, and to tell uh, this new school that, that we, we, we want to do more than just use their space. We want this to be a partnership um, that, that we could bless them and, and the kids that go there and their families and um, just that we would be the presence of Jesus at that school. So, so grateful for you that got to go and just spending your Saturday hot and dirty um, to, to serve our new home. 
so grateful. And we're going to have more of these as time goes on. We definitely want to uh, be at Central as much as we can. And there are some exciting things happening behind the scenes um, with us getting more time at Central and transitioning back to um, what we've always wanted is, is more in-person stuff. And so to be continued on that. But in the meantime, before we get there, okay, I know, leave you hanging. But we, I want, there's some important announcements I want to make sure you're aware of. You're listening, you're here. Um, again, this is going to be all on the website, social media, email newsletter. Make sure you're subscribed. But one you've been hearing about, one you haven't. This is the first time I'm announcing it. And what we're doing is we are going to be offering our equip class once again, uh, very similar or the same actually, as we did last month. If you remember last month, on a Saturday morning from 9 to 12, we had our dear beloved um, David and Abigail Elliott, which is a part, they're part of the Reality family. They are on staff at YWAM Honolulu, a local uh, discipleship and missions and ministry organization. They're on staff there, and they teach the Bible inductively. They teach through the Bible. They're great Bible teachers, great uh, and knowledgeable in what they do. I got to go to that, as well as a dozen of you last month. So good, um, backed by popular demand, and because I just, it's so valuable that you go to this. Church, I cannot um, encourage you enough to go and to have a greater grasp on how to inductively study the Bible, how to, how to not only read it, but interpret it and apply it to your life and the lens in which you see the world. So important. Uh, so because, you know, the, the class is limited because it's kind of in-depth and kind of uh, a smaller, you know, class. Uh, we're going to offer it again Saturday, May 8th. Saturday, May 8th, we are doing the Philemon three-hour inductive Bible study equipping class once again. Um, if you went to the last one, I'm sure you're like, yes, more people need to go because it was so good. And if you didn't get to go, here's another opportunity um, to have more of us go through this course. Again, it's a way in which we continue to grow in our discipleship and our relationship with Jesus, which we're all about. We want us to be growing in discipleship and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And a huge part of that is how to correctly interpret and apply scripture to our lives. And so this is not just for new believers. This is for seasoned saints as well. Um, this is, doesn't matter where you're at in your walk. You will be blessed. You will learn, and it will be beneficial to you. Um, we also have some more exciting equipping classes uh, this summer, but I'll wait to announce those for a few weeks. But in the meantime, Saturday, May 8th, 9 to 12 at YWAM Honolulu in the Manoa Valley, Save the date, and we'll be sending out an RSVP. But uh, if you have not gone, if you weren't one of the 12 uh, last time, then be one of the 12 these t this time, um, if you know what I mean. Um, also, the weekend after that, right? Lots of stuff going on. Saturday, May 15th. We are having our in-person worship night here at the Witty Home, where I am right now, where we have all our events pretty much um, these days. We are going to have an in-person worship night from 5 to 6.30. Uh, bring your family. We're going to have lawn games again like Easter. We're going to have coffee and hot chocolate and treats and uh, wonderful, safe times of fellowship, outdoor, social distance, masked up, that kind of thing. But we're going to be able to stand, um, praise God, looking over the wonderful place we get to call home and, to, and just 
ascribe glory to our king's name and to just worship him and to exalt his, uh, his, his name and his character and his goodness. And so, again, a lot going on. May 8th, May 15th, and then more stuff, really fun stuff this summer. But uh, I just want to make sure you're in the know and you're invited. You are invited. Um, Again, we just want you to be there and just feel like you're included and we're doing stuff. And um, if you're part of the Reality Family, this is for you. And so without further ado, I'll stop um, jabbing right now about announcements and get into the Word of God and... um, and allow God to speak to us. And so if you have a Bible, please open up to Acts chapter 19. Acts 19, once again, we are making our way through the book of Acts, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, looking at this historic narrative of the early church, of believers just like you and I, that are flawed and imperfect, but they're desperately trying to live for and live out their faith in the world and tell others about it. Um, Again, this is where we get to see the the, the Holy Spirit at play uh, in in anointing and empowering and using these imperfect, uh, flawed people just like you and I to see God uh, move in miraculous ways. And so uh, we're gonna continue on. Right, last week we finished chapter 18, and now we're moving on to chapter 19, picking up on the start of Paul the Apostle's third missionary journey. And uh, again, last week we saw he was at Syrian Antioch, kind of his home church. He's given an account of all that's happening, and um, we met Apollos, and we saw him and Priscilla and Aquila last week. And right now, Paul is going to be start starting to travel back on his third missionary journey, going out now um, from Syrian Antioch through Turkey to the city of Ephesus. That's where it takes place. But I'll read the first seven verses and um, just pull out a few things and then uh, enter into another time of worship. And so here it is. Acts 19 verses one through seven out of the NIV translation says this. While Apollos was at Corinth where we left him last week, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered and said, no. We've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? Well, John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, well, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied there were about 12 men in all. Okay, so right, Paul gets to the city of Ephesus where he was just for a brief time. He told them, hey, if the Lord wills it, I'll be back. Well, the Lord willed it. That was God's plan and purpose, and he made it back now. Um, there's a, Some time has passed, and he, just, he sees these disciples. He, see these, he sees these 12 or so people that... It says here, some disciples, which we would assume were followers of Jesus or believed in Jesus. But I think 
what Paul is making here is a distinction because I think there's some question to as is it are they really followers of Jesus? And so he asked kind of these probing questions because, again, this time in the world, you have to remember the Holy Spirit is kind of new to the scene, so to speak. Right? In Acts chapter 2, we remember that's Pentecost. This was 40 days after Jesus died, rose, and ascended to heaven. Right After his ascension to heaven, 40 days passed. They're in the upper room in Jerusalem. They're having this prayer meeting and the Holy Spirit falls upon the church and indwells in the believers for the first time. And from that moment on, when you believed, when you were saved, the Holy Spirit came in you. It was connected with salvation. We see this through the book of Acts. We see that the Holy Spirit comes upon, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, comes upon and dwells now in the believer when you believe. But again, that's fairly new news. It's only Acts 19. This is an historical count. Yes, some years have passed, but it looks like either news hasn't made it or the true full gospel of Jesus' death, his resurrection, and the consequential Holy Spirit that fills the believer, that full gospel has not met them yet, and there's, there's something missing. And that's why Paul here, when he approaches these disciples, he says, he says this. He, he, he sees something, or he, God in him, the Holy Spirit in him prompts him to ask these questions, but he can kind of tell for some reason that these 12 disciples may not have the Holy Spirit, even though maybe they're saying the right things or maybe they're in the right crowd in Ephesus. He says, did you, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? <laughs> and what's their answer? We don't even know what you're talking about. Like, imagine that, right? Holy Spirit, what are you talking about? Like, I, and, and, and so Paul, you can understand, he's probably like, oh, okay, that's kind of a big deal. You don't even know that the Holy Spirit, God's given you the third person of the Trinity? Like, you now are the temple of the Holy Spirit? You missed that part of it? So he's like, wait a second. Again, I'm paraphrasing, but I can just imagine him in Ephesus doing this. He's like, wait, wait, wait. Tell me about, like, how, how you think you were saved, like, tell me about your baptism. Tell me about the moment where you publicly declared uh, these inward workings of truth. Like, tell me about that, because I think we're, we're missing each other here. So then they say, well, by John's baptism. And if you remember John the Baptist, he was the forerunner of Christ. He was the prophet in the wilderness. He was the herald uh, of the gospel coming. And many people would come to him in the Jordan River and he would baptize them for, for um, repentance of their sins. But he said, hey, I baptize you with water, but there's one coming that's gonna baptize you with the Spirit. So John was just telling like, hey, like this baptism by water right here, this is not quite yet the fullness of it. You're getting in the right direction, but there's one coming you need to believe in and not only to be baptized with water for repentance of sins, but to be baptized and given the Holy Spirit. So again, these disciples 
are probably not actually saved in the same way that you and I would say it. They're probably actually not believers because they don't have the Holy Spirit at this moment. Again, that is an interpretation that's debated. Some people would read this differently. But again, it just depends on your theology or your understanding of when the Holy Spirit comes in and empowers the believer. Um, My understanding, what I think of scripture would tell us is that the moment you're saved, the moment that you confess your sins, uh, believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he died and rose again and you make him Lord of your life, that moment that God imparts and gives you his Holy Spirit at that moment. Again, a lot of Christians would believe that maybe it's not at that moment, maybe it's another, a secondary time which, which many people would call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So you're, you're, you can be saved, but not really have the Holy Spirit or, or maybe not in the fullness or, or whatever it is. Again, this is, there's a lot of kind of beliefs on the spectrum here, so to speak. Um, but then a second time you can be prayed over and the Holy Spirit can, can come upon you or in you with power. So again, some, some of you may be reading this and go, oh, no, no, I think they were saved and this is when they were getting it. Um, that's okay. I, I think that m- my understanding or what I believe more true of the, the scope and the swath of Scripture in the New Testament would connect the giving or the installing of the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation. And so... What I would do here with this text and what other commentators would do that I agree with here is that they actually weren't saved. Yes, they were baptized with water by John, but they truly did not know Jesus. They did not believe in his death and resurrection, and, and, but, but in the moment here, they are. Paul is going, okay, you kind of are there, but not really. Let me like tell you the fullness of the gospel. Let's make sure you, you believe and, and agree with, with the right things in Paul's mind. Um, and, and so let me pray for you that you would be saved and receive the Holy Spirit. And that's what, that's what happens here. Again, there's nuances to that and there's like different ways you can go with that. And I want to put that out there. But, but here's, what, <clears throat> here's what I think is salient. What I think is salient is the reminder of the importance of or, the, or, or what marks a true believer, marks a Christian, what makes you a disciple and a follower of Jesus is if you have the Holy Spirit in you and you're spirit-led and spirit-empowered and there's fruit, there's spiritual fruit, there's spiritual gifts that are apparent in the life of the believer. And I think that's, again, if we disagree on the kind of the when, that's okay. But I think what I hope we can agree on is that what should mark a Christian is the Holy Spirit in them. Not only just in them, but there's fruit, right? The fruit of the Spirit. Literally, like, the Holy Spirit is continuing to transform us to be more like Jesus and what our life would look like, the book of Galatians chapter five would say, is the fruit, the result of the Holy Spirit's work in the believer's life is that we become what? We become full of what? 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. That is the fruit of the Spirit. Those things are the marks of the Christian. Again, Paul is being very sure, like, hey, have you, have you believed in the full, true gospel of Jesus Christ, God sending his son, Jesus, to die as a substitute in your place, that he died to forgive your sins? Do you believe that? Do you believe you rose again, giving you victory over those things? And if you do, let me pray for you. The Holy Spirit comes on. And now, not only do you live with belief, but you live with power because God is in you. And if you know anything about the book of Acts, the book of Acts is the story of, it's the narrative of the Holy Spirit at work in the church. It's the Spirit of God coming on believers for the very first time. And people like Paul and Apollos and Priscilla and Aquila and Peter and, and all these they're doing things. They're being used by God. We're seeing miracles. We're seeing uh, uh, boldness. We're seeing words come out of their mouth that is not of them because God in the person of the Holy Spirit is dwelling in them, in them and at work and using them. And we see that even here in our story today that, that when they truly believe and when they're saved, the Holy Spirit comes upon them and in them. And what is the result? It says here, he just gives a couple examples, but he says they begin to speak in tongues and prophesy. What, what those two things are, those are a part of the gifts of the Spirit, right? 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 4. Uh, uh, scriptures like those uh, would describe some of the gifts of the Spirit, some of the supernatural giftings and strengths and abilities that God in us does, right? There's more than just tongues and prophecy, right? There's healings and miracles and encouragement. There's the gift of service, right? Like there's, there's, there's giftings, there's abilities, there's strengths that's not of us, but it's the spirit of God at work in us. God does stuff in us that wouldn't be done unless he was in us. And so what we see here is a reminder of the importance of the Holy Spirit in the believer. Not only the importance, but what truly does mark the believer. And what is essential for the believer, not only these 12, not only Paul, not only the book of Acts, not only the New Testament and all of Scripture, but for you and I, some 2,000 years later, halfway from the city of Ephesus, that you and I, in the same way, as believers, those of us that, that are believers, that are followers of Jesus, that he is the Lord of our life, he's our Savior, he's, he's uh, forgiven our sins, we believe that God sent him to die in our place, right? We believe the full gospel. He's our Lord. Like our life is no longer our own. It's submitted to Christ, King Jesus in our life. We believe from scripture, I believe, that we have the Holy Spirit. If, if we're followers, if we're believers, And God not only wants the Holy Spirit to work in us, to sanctify us, right, to transform us, 
to be more like him, to bear the fruit of the Spirit, but also God wants to empower us with the gifts of the Spirit to be used to see others come to know him. That's a very, very, very basic reminder of the role and the necessity of the Holy Spirit in our life. But I, I don't know about for you, but for me, I need reminders. Even if they're basic, even if they've heard them a lot, especially in a seasoned church where I believe that God in this, in going forward, 2021 right here in Hawaii, in reality, Honolulu, at Central Middle and all that God wants to do there. Like for you and I, this is what I believe. I believe that God wants to really deepen both of those, that he desires the Holy Spirit in us to do refining work. That over this year, coming out of a really hard year, a lot of really difficult things in the world and to navigate, that God, through all of that, wants to make us a people that are more like him, that are more loving, that are more joyful, more peaceful, that are more faithful, that are more self-controlled. Like that, that the fruit of the Spirit would be like magnified. That what would mark our life would be the fruit of the Spirit. We would be known by the world around us, by the Spirit's work in us. Not only that, but I believe, church, that the Lord is taking us into a deepening of service, of pouring out, that we, as a body of believers, with many giftings and many talents and many different personalities, that there were each individual members, but we're a part of a whole body, and we need each other, and God desires to eat, use each one of us more in this next season as a church than he ever has, and I believe that. But not on our own strength, not by your own abilities, not by your own intellect, not by your own experience, but by the power of God in us, the God in us, that we would be vessels useful for the master's work. I believe that God wants to uniquely use each of us with the giftings and the power that only the Holy Spirit in us can do, that we together would be a unified group of believers seeking the heart of God to be transformed into the likeness of God, but not just stop there and be insular, but to look around us, specifically at Central Middle and the downtown community and the needs around there, and that we would be the hands and feet of Jesus empowered by the Spirit of God to meet needs. So I don't think this is just a simple reminder. I think it's a prophetic reminder that what marks a disciple is the power of God in us. It's the spirit of God. It's us attempting to live for and obey God and live out our faith by his power and by his spirit. So my prayer for us is that we would decrease, 
that God would increase in us. That we would allow God to refine us and mold us and shape us and burn away everything that's not of him. That's painful, it's hard. But I pray that we would be open-handed, we'd be willing. God, you're God, you're, you're Lord. I trust you. I trust that you know what's best for me. Make me more like you. But it wouldn't stop there. That out of that, that we would be a people that pour out, that serve. Not to get anything in return, but to know that our God died for us. He gave himself for us. And so now we will give ourselves for others around us. I'm excited for this next season. I really believe that God has incredible things in store for us as a church. I believe that God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can hope, ask, or imagine. And he's gonna do it by the Holy Spirit in us and our willingness to say, okay, here I am, Lord. Your will be done. Send me. So church, as we enter into this time of worship, let's pause for a moment and let's ask God that we would decrease, our flesh would decrease, that your Holy Spirit would fill us afresh. Right, in the letter to the Ephesians, Paul would say that we do need to be continually filled. Doesn't mean that we don't have the Holy Spirit to begin with, but we need more. I want more, God. I want a fresh filling. Fill my cup. I want to decrease so that you would increase. My prayer is that he would fill us afresh after a season of being tired and lonely and discouraged, that God would fill us up, that the Holy Spirit would anoint us, empower us for what's ahead. Let's pray and let's enter into worship. God, thank you so much for the reminder of the Holy Spirit the wonderful, amazing Holy Spirit in our life that you've given us, God, that you've, you've literally, uh, your word says, uh, made us a temple of the Holy Spirit. God, you dwell in us. God, that is incredible. That's amazing. Um, even hard to grasp. But I pray that we as a people, as your followers, would not stay stagnant or in the same place, that we would be continually growing into the likeness of Christ, we continue to be near to you and allow you to minister to us and shape us in your image. But then, God, it wouldn't stop there. You would use us for your glory to see many men and women come to you, that the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ would, would reverberate in the streets of downtown and central middle school and that, that, that by words and by deeds that many would see Jesus exalted in Honolulu as it is in heaven. Now, we want this so bad. This is why we do what we do, <clears throat> to see others come to know the truth that we have, the glorious truth that we have. So let it be, Lord. I want to worship you in our homes now. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.